Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Well, this is, I didn't get to this last week, uh, and I won't go as long this week, um, but this was the last passage of scripture about I identity and the idea of living from a conclusion. I want you to see this conclusion of identity and authority that we have as believers. So read with me. But you are a chosen generation. Now there's about eight sermons in those words, especially at the circumstances and times that we're living in. You know, there were, I, I, I'm a teacher, so I read five words, and I go, oh, I got, you know, and I, I want to go there, and uh, the poor Brenda, she has to live with me, you know. It's, uh, you are a chosen generation for such a time as this, chosen, selected, you know, and it's really interesting how God chooses. Here's one of the sermons from it. This is how God chooses. Who wants to be on my team? I choose you, 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 you. That's how God chooses. He is an invitation. So we're a chosen generation of people. He chose it for this time. You're within this generation of believers. You get to do incredible things on the earth right now. You're shining with God right now. So that's a half a sermon. A royal priesthood. It's, it's so interesting because the word royal has to do with authority, not with description. It, it means kingship. To be both a king and then a priesthood, a royal priesthood. Kings and priests before God. Each of us, it was always open. It, it was his original design when he called Israel out of Egypt. It was to make them a nation of priests and kings on the earth, each individual. It was a, the restrictions that they put on, him, on themselves that, that set it up. A holy nation. Now, we're in America, that's a nation. But we're Christians, that's a nation. That's a holy nation within a nation. We are a nation of people that doesn't have the restrictions that other nations have. His own special people. This is such a phenomenal statement. Um, Malcolm Smith, a teacher from years ago, used to teach this. He said that that thing... (laughs) actually means something very uh, interesting. The word special uh, is akin to how it's described in its language is you're his pocket change. You're the lucky penny in his pocket. You're special to him in that way. He keeps you close. He keeps your hand, his hand around it. It's meaningful to him. That you, here comes the authority, may proclaim the praises of him, listen to this, who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
I am no longer darkness. I have been called out of it. I am not what others say I am. I am who God says I am. A lot of people are pointing fingers and telling other people that they're this or they're that or they're this person or they're that person or they did this. I've been, I'm light in the Lord. So are you. I've been called out of a darkness. I'm identified with light now. I have this, I have this seed of Christ that was planted into me. The eternal seed that Watchman Nee said turns you into the incandescent man. Shines. The seed of Christ came in and you shine, baby. Isn't this an incredible passage of scripture? Who once were not a people, you didn't have family, is what that's saying, but are now the people of God. How many of you have a fully functional family that you came out of? Show me one in the Word of God. Nope. First sin was what? After the fall, do you know what it was? Murder. A brother killing a brother. We've been called out of that into being a people, a family of God that is to function within our own dysfunctions. Within all the stuff that happened to us, he called us out of that darkness into light. This is incredible. Some of the best best good news ever. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. I have something. I have obtained mercy. I can boldly come, he writes in Hebrews, to a throne of grace. And I can obtain mercy. It's incredible. So then he says, beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. And that means see yourselves as in this world, but not of it. You are a different sort. Therefore, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles of the unbelievers. That when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme Somebody didn't hit that button right. Can you go up there, Brian, and put it on slideshow so I can get that to go forward? I'll read it to you. Therefore, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Remember me saying as we began that I didn't like wearing the mask? That doesn't mean to don't do it. I'm submitting. When, you know, I'm not going to fight them on it. Whether the king is supreme 
you may have to restart that whole thing. Or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. What's the will of God for us right now? To do good. Be the best Jesus you know how to be. Just be the best. Just shine. Just do good. Be the best Jesus you know how to be. Above, you, you remember years ago, this was a campaign where we, and we got all the youth to wear it, WWJD. What would Jesus do? Now's the time to really, now's when we need that campaign. When it's the daily stuff and the daily grind, what would Jesus do? Do that. Ask yourself that question this week. What would he do? For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Now here's, as free, not doing good to get a reward, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. As free, as free people. Do you feel free? And some, like how free? Like free, free? Huh? Free indeed, free. Free indeed, free. Free to be Jesus in all things. That's what he's talking about here. Free to really be free. So I got to do a little parenthetical. It's even in parentheses in my notes. With the, So much of the modern spiritual warfare teaching has had its focus centered in bringing God's will onto the earth through spiritual warfare prayer and binding and loosing demons and powers and etc., and then I wrote in here so, so that you'd know it was just me. Can I tell you something? <laughs> I think the enemy will let you yell all day long. The real battle is a life convinced and persuaded of the reality of your union with Christ and you living in the freedom of the new covenant as a saint of God on the earth. I'm free. And quit being scared of the dark. You're free. You shine. The dark is actually scared of you. And if you're attacked, it's because somebody noticed freedom in you. I am free. Really free. And maturity is learning how to be more free. In standing in the new creation 
and becoming free people. Now see, when we're together, then we're free people. Free people walk in the will of God. I don't find out what the will of God is. Here's the really freedom thing. I am the will of God. I was chosen for this. You connect it to where Peter started with this. I'm the will of God in Kansas City. To bring freedom. And the only way I can bring freedom is when I live and I align myself with the freedom that Christ brought me. It's scary when you think, but free people are really scary. People that just look at you and go, no, I don't want to do that. How come? I don't want to. Have you ever found yourself when you say no, you come up with excuses and reasons why? Really free people and just go, no. Mm -mm. No. Was that because, no, I just, I don't want to. Well, you have to conform and you have to do this in order to be this. If you're a good, then you, no, I don't. No, I'm free. Those are scary people. Because they understand that freedom is within them to be free. It is for freedom that Christ set me free. Now you have to figure out what that freedom is. Free people invite others to the true freedom of the gospel. This is the most dangerous and the most damage you will ever do to the enemy's domain of darkness is that you become the incandescent light that draws people. And that what you speak of is not Christianity, you speak of Jesus. That takes two things. There's two things that, that lead us to that kind of freedom. <clears throat> freedom. I can't get it to go forward. Grace and truth lead to freedom. Grace and truth lead to freedom. Grace is the basis, the operating system for the new covenant. It is a covenant not dependent on you. It is a covenant fulfilled by Christ and the Father. And you're invited into it. And grace means it is yours. It is unmerited favor. God says, here. And then all the truth that goes with that. The identity in Christ of who you are. Those two things bring freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And he says, stand firm then and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't put yourself in positions of domains of darkness. That's not who I am. I find myself in the operation of looking at things like temptation and sin and all those things. Actually. Actually, I'm not that hindered by it as much as I was because I'm, I mean, this has been since about 2010 now, this journey of freedom. I don't think the way I used to. Ten year, a decade later in 2020, my thinking is so deeply, vastly 
different. I'm convinced of these things. I'm convinced I'm light in the Lord. You can't identify me with other stuff. I go, nope. Nope. Don't want it. Don't have a need for it. I'm free. God's true nature of freedom and liberation is really real. Complete and absolute in Jesus. If you are free, then you said it earlier. If you are free, then you are free indeed. That means in every area of your life, you are free to be Jesus. To think like Jesus. Act like Jesus. Talk like Jesus. Respond like Jesus. Emote like Jesus. You have a freedom that is unbelievable. That doesn't have... This is what's weird. Freedom has boundaries in that you don't use it what Peter says, as a reason to make excuses for doing wrong. That's not freedom. Freedom has boundaries to be free in Christ. And I don't use it to cloak darkness. Yeah, that's an ooh, if you can grab that. Thank you, Sharon. You don't use your freedom in Christ to cloak darkness. That means the minute the Holy Spirit lighting in you, he will draw attention where you're trying to cloak it in darkness. Because he, he came for... Listen, let me read Isaiah to you again. We all know this passage. We always sing songs about this passage. We've heard it preached. We've heard it prophesied. This is what Jesus came for. This is what he quoted... From all of scriptures of what he could have quoted, this is what he quoted about himself when he read the scriptures after he came out of the wilderness. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of the prison to those who were bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called the trees of righteousness. The planning of the Lord that he may be glorified. Fear, legalism, and performance have no place for that. They don't produce that. Jesus is the only one who could do that. And he did it in you. And when you, you, when you align yourself, when, you're, when you align yourself, this is the true, this passage from Isaiah, it's the picture of, it's the painting, if you will, of the artist of heaven painting what freedom is. Over your individual, my individual life, you're free. And you're not supposed to be stuck in, in bondage to darkness, ever. 
You're free. I identify with the light. There's so much talk about how you identify today. I identify as Jesus. Submitting to the, to the ordinance of men for their sake, but I'm not bound. I am free. I am free. I told a lady the other day in Price Chopper, you should see what's behind this mask. She went, what? I said, they made me put a mask on, but the only other thing is the mask can't stop my words. She went, what? I like to play with people a little bit. I have to confess that. I like to jack with them just a little bit. You're full of light. They got places of darkness and you can play with it. Not in a mean way, but in a very attractive magnetic way that they start going, what What are you talking about? Oh, I'm talking about Jesus. Is this, are you, are you, is anybody else tracking with me? Man, this is the freedom that I have. Darkness is stupid. God is intelligent. The enemy is dumb. All he keeps doing is the same stuff over. I mean, he is insane. He is Einstein's definition of insanity because he keeps doing the same stuff over and over and over again, expecting he's going to win and he lost. What a futile thing. I didn't lose, though. I won. And that's what, that conversation went to this. I said, I read the book, I won. Again, she went, what? I said, read the last chapter, you win. And she said, of what? And I said, the Bible. Read the Bible, you win. You're one. You're not going to win. You don't have to do something to win. You won. Do you see yourself that way? I won. (laughs) I have the prize. I am the prize. I'm his precious in his pocket possession. What do I have to fear of what man can do to me? Freedom. This is bigger than William Wallace yelling it. This is God Almighty. When we don't align as believers, this is what happens. This is where, you know, how do I, how come the darkness feels so overwhelming at times? When we're not aligned with God's true nature of freedom, we live with a sense of fear. Fear always identifies with darkness. Look at every horror movie that Hollywood has ever produced. It doesn't happen in the middle of the day. Always happen, and they're always hiding. It's always something hidden. Why fear? Because fear drives us to legalism. Always. If you're afraid, then you've got to figure out what you've got to do to get unafraid. It will drive you to legalism. And it will drive you to performance. 
And it will drive you then to put on a cloak of shame. And even though you have light, it's coming through, but it's coming through a cloak of shame. Because you will tell me how wonderful Christ is, but you're still growing and you're still trying to get there. You won. You're there. You have it. You're, you're, you're who you're supposed to be. When I start aligning my words with that, guess what happens to fear? Dissipates. I'm turning the light up. Your performance to look like the night is never enough. And then when you're not aligned with what God says about you, now your own mind starts getting set about things that you think are true about you instead of what God says is true about you. Remember, he came to set captives free. When you keep telling me on what's keeping you trapped, you don't believe that he came and set you free. It's not a mind game. It's not a word game. When you tell me why it's not working... You're not aligning with Christ. Favorite children's book, and I have a few couple of former students in here who will remember this. My favorite children's book is a book called Wise Dog. Uh, I think Carrie found out that you still can get it on like Amazon and stuff. I'd encourage you. It's one of the most profound books ever written. It was written for children, but oh, is it free? It's a story of two little cats called Mitty and Maddie. They're just little kittens when the story starts. And in the story, they want to be something wonderful. And so they start sharing with each other of what they want to be. And one sees themselves as this. So Mitty wants to be a tiger in the circus. And Maddie wants to be an elephant in the circus because he gets kind of jealous that Mitty's going to be in the circus and be a tiger. The problem is, there's this weird character named a goat, and the goat overhears him. Goat understands a few things about life and says, "Well, if you're going to be a lion when you grow up to be in the circus, or a tiger to grow up when you be in the circus, that means you're a." Tiger now, right? You're a baby tiger. And then he goes, yeah, that must be, yeah, that makes sense. And if you're going to be an elephant, then you must be a baby elephant now. Well, sure. He says, so what's stopping you from being in the circus right now? Well, nothing. Now, the goat has in mind that he's got a couple of wagons that have... Uh, Have you ever seen the old circus wagons that had the bars on them where they kept the wild animals? So he's got a couple of those. So he decides, I can make money off this. And he puts Mitty and Maddie in his circus and puts them in a cage. Now, the cage is a typical cage. The bars are about that far apart. And these are little kitties that are about that big. But they're in the circus now, and they're important. And the goat enlists the help of his friend called the monkey. And they pull them around town, and 
The goat calls all the other animals to come see it. And all the animals come there. The little rabbits come and the squirrels come and the cows come and the horse comes and the dog came. And they all start laughing and going, that's your circus? (laughs) That's not a tiger, that's a little cat. Meow. And so they don't want to pay anything to look at the circus because those really aren't what you come and pay for to see in a circus. And so Mitty and Maddie are distraught because everybody's laughing at their identities. And they want to get out, but they don't know how to get out. And there's wise dog. Comes and talks in the night. He says, hmm, I think I can help you out. How much are you getting fed? Well, we get this much food. He says, you give me your food, and tomorrow morning I'll tell you how to get out of here. So they go, really? Sounds great. So he gives them the food. The dog was very wise. He got food for telling them how they were get their freedom. And so the next morning, he points to the spaces between the bars. He said, you can get out of the circus here and here and here and here and here. And wise dog says, there you go. You're free. And they go, oh, my gosh, you are so wise. The end of the story, it has Mitty and Maddie all grown up. And they're very content. And you know what they're growing up as? Cats. Very wise cats. Because they became exactly who God designed them to be. And they needed to identify with that in the beginning. And they would have never gotten put in the circus and made fun of. So if you've been put in a circus and made fun of, give me some money and I'll tell you how to get out. (laughs) You get out here and here and here and here. You're free. You guys identify with Isaiah 61. You're the captive that sets free. And when you still keep identifying with your captivity and your strongholds in your mind, you will believe it. And then everybody else can be free but you. You'll start the comparison. I wish I could be a tiger. Tigers are very important, you know. Really? Why don't you just be you? So I'm going to pick on you. We have a very famous baseball player. He played stellar baseball. He was a really good athlete. He had to overcome stuff. If you heard his story, that you wouldn't believe. That's who God designed him to be. I couldn't hit a pitch thrown at 55 miles per hour underhanded. He knocks one thrown at 97 miles per hour that's half the size of a softball and knocks it over fences. That's who he was supposed to be. That's how God designed him to be. He lived in it. He shouldn't have been anything else. God made him to do that, and he still influences people, even with what his shortcomings were. He found freedom. It's an amazing story.
But here's my story. Born, <laughs> raised next to the railroad tracks. Even lost that house, house when, they, when I was a kid and then moved into a mobile home and spent the last year and a half in high school in a mobile home park. Uh, what some would call poor white trash. All that. I had a brother who was a wise dog. He said, don't stay here, Lloyd. You've got to leave here. This town will destroy you. It'll turn you into something that you're not. I said, what will it turn me into? I don't know, but it's not who you're supposed to be. Get out. Get away. Get away from here. I know this place. It'll eat you alive. You can get away. I heard a voice of freedom of somebody who believed in me who said I must be free. And I got away. I did it wrong sometimes, but I got away. And then Christ found me and rescued me. Freedom. Be who God made you to be. That's free. That's free. It's why when she sings the songbird song, set free, she starts crying. Because she knew she was a songbird. How can she sing any other way? And then brings us songs of freedom. She shines with what God made her to be. That's you and me. Shining who God made you to be. It doesn't matter what the goat says and it doesn't matter what the monkey says. But you ought to listen to the old wise dog. And just be who you're supposed to be. In freedom and align yourself. There's more to this. We're going to look at the strong. How do I get trapped by strongholds and what are they? Now, I taught this three years ago. We're going to go back and look at it. Within the framework of today, what's happening now. How you align yourself with the freedom who God made you to be. Not living in strongholds. Not going to do it. That's insane thinking. I am not called to live in my strongholds. I'm called to live in Christ. Does it make sense? We'll go on the journey together. So I want to pray for who you are this morning. God, I ask for everybody who struggles with that cloak of shame trying to be something for somebody else so that they think I'm okay. Lord, I ask that you would break that that stronghold, that, that mindset off this morning in each one of us. Wherever we feel like Mephibosheth of old, wherever we feel like the only reason God's kind to me is he takes pity on me, that you would break that off of us. We're not lame and helpless. We are not. We are not defined by our shortcomings. We are defined by who you say we are. I am yours. You're mine. I am my beloved's. And in that, Paul said, I'm accepted. I'm accepted in the beloved. Not as one that is less than, but one that is in the family. I am a people, not just a person. 
I pray for every heart that got touched this morning. Oh God, let seed take root, let root go deep, let plant come up, let righteousness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. God, let us sway in the breeze of your spirit. Let the fragrance of our blooms go out over the city. Let the fruit that people eat bring life to others. So help us with this. In Jesus' name. Now really receive this. The first act of freedom is to receive. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.